Welcome to the Friday Five, a series in which we cover five stories in health and science research over the previous week that you may have missed. There are plenty of controversies and ethical issues in science, and we get into many of them in our online magazine. But there are also lots of stories to be excited about, and this news roundup is focused on scientific work to give you a therapeutic dose of inspiration headed into the weekend. First up in the Friday Five, we may be entering a new era of Band-Aids. The Band-Aid was invented almost 100 years ago, when a worker at Johnson & Johnson came up with it for his wife, who had a habit of burning herself while cooking. Fast forward to today, and the Band-Aid is the most trusted brand name in the U.S. But scientists at Stanford weren't satisfied. And they've published a new study in Nature on a Band-Aid that can monitor how a wound is doing, while helping it heal at the same time. In case you're looking skeptically at your Spider-Man Band-Aid, the new and improved version has sensors that can tell a doctor if, for example, a patient's burn wound has gangrene. And based on what it sees, the smart Band-Aid is designed to give out drugs like antibiotics and possibly stimulate immune cells when needed. A big advantage of Stanford's bandage is that it's wireless and doesn't require batteries, so it's as slim as a Band-Aid. This is a major improvement over previous smart bandages, which had been around since the 1960s but were bulkier and didn't bend like today's super materials. To this point, the researchers have tested out their Band-Aid on mice only. Unless they're focused on paper cuts, they'll need to learn how to make it bigger for humans. Plus, they're looking to add other sensors that can keep track of inflammation. Meanwhile, 3D printers are making it possible to mass-produce these things in the very near future. Especially for people who are already sick, wounds can take a long time to heal, and smart bandages could bring down the $25 billion spent every year on treating chronic injuries. Next up, inflammation is a major area of research these days and a frequent topic on this podcast. And there was major news on Monday when Harvard researchers announced they've made a breakthrough in understanding a key driver of inflammation called inflammasomes. These combinations of molecules and proteins are basically the alarm bell for the immune system to go into attack mode. Another message they send is breaking the news to cells that they're infected and need to die off. But the molecules sometimes freak out and sound the alarm bell to form the inflammasome for no good reason, or for way too long past the time it's helpful, sometimes even targeting completely healthy tissue. This can result in autoimmune diseases and chronic inflammation that makes bad situations even worse, like cardiovascular disease, gout, and diabetes, as well as the cytokine storms involved in COVID-19. The dream is to find drugs that can affect these molecules in the inflammasome and get them out of hero mode and back to the Batcave. The Harvard team used 3D images that are accurate almost to the level of atoms to map how certain molecules attract proteins and come together to form the inflammasome. Understanding this structure is a necessary step in targeting the inflammasome. Plus, I'll put the link in the show notes to where you can see some amazing close-up images of the inflammasome in action. And there was important news in Alzheimer's research on Tuesday, as more evidence came to light on the potential benefits of a drug called lecanemab. The companies that make this drug, Isai and Biogen, released the data from their clinical trial, an 18-month study that drew from almost 1,800 people. Consistent with an earlier announcement from the companies in September, the data showed that lecanemab does seem to have a small benefit in slowing down how fast people decline when they have Alzheimer's, compared to the control group that didn't get the drug. That would be the first time any Alzheimer's drug has actually worked to slow down mental decline in a well-designed clinical trial. But given how small the benefit seems to be, many experts are questioning whether it'll actually make a noticeable difference in individuals suffering from Alzheimer's. Now, there's a few different ways of looking at this. First, the drug might make a noticeable difference in some cases. We just don't know yet. 
Second, some neuroscientists are pointing out that just having a drug that can make any difference is an important building block for developing future treatments. That's all well and good, but another issue is that there could be serious side effects. The brain scans of around 20% of people who got the drug showed signs of swelling or bleeding, with 3% having symptoms, compared to just 1.4% of the control group. Two people involved in the trial died, although it's not clear yet whether these deaths actually resulted from taking the drug. This all sets the stage for a much-anticipated decision from the FDA early next year on whether to give the drug an accelerated approval. Locanumab does seem to meet two important criteria for the FDA's decision. It does clear amyloid plaques from the brain, and now there's research to support that it has some benefits. Next up, a research team from Israel, Italy, Germany, and the U.S. has found evidence for a new approach to nutrition that may reduce the worst type of fat. While the most visible fat is the spare tire that grows around the midsection, visceral fat, which builds up inside the body between organs, is a silent killer, with links to heart disease, diabetes, dementia, and dying earlier. The Mediterranean diet is the most researched nutritional approach when it comes to health benefits, but that doesn't mean it can't be improved. In this study, published in BMC Medicine, a regimen called the Green Mediterranean Diet was tested against the traditional Mediterranean. The difference with the green version is that you eat less red meat, subbing it out for two tablespoons of walnuts, three to four cups of green tea on a daily basis, and polyphenols, which are certain compounds found in plants. And this diet also includes something called duckweed, an aquatic plant that packs protein, B12, iron, and a bunch of vitamins and minerals. All in all, aside from the duckweed needing a serious rebrand, the diet does sound decent enough, and among a group of 294 people over 18 months, the researchers found those following green Mediterranean were able to drop their visceral fat by 14%, whereas the Mediterranean diet made less of a dent at 7%. These changes were associated with a bunch of other health benefits, such as better control over glucose spikes and signs of better heart health. The research was conducted in an isolated workplace in Israel with monitored lunches, which really helped with the study's oversight. Although the scientists note that men were overrepresented in the study, and future research needs to include more women. And for the last story this week, chemists at the University of Michigan have found a way to recycle a really common type of plastic that simply could not be recycled in the past. The plastic, PVC, is found in medical tubes and other hospital equipment, and it's used in pipes for plumbing as well as window frames, flooring, and other housing materials. The problem with recycling PVC has been that the typical approach, melting it down, causes all kinds of issues. For example, it leaches out something called plasticizers that contaminate other items in the recycling process, along with hydrochloric acid that damages the equipment used for recycling and can burn the eyes and skin of the people working at the recycling plant, an outcome that the Michigan press release describes as not ideal. The chemists discovered that one of the plasticizers can actually be used to break down PVC. When this happens, the hydrochloric acid still leaches out, but much more slowly. Another trick is that the researchers move around electrons to cause chemical changes in the plastics, in a much more controlled way than cranking up the heat. Meanwhile, the hydrochloric acid that does eke out can be used for important purposes, like in pharmaceuticals and agriculture. Now researchers are focused on making sure this approach is as efficient as possible, with the goal of eventually being able to recycle plastics that can be used for the same purposes they served before, instead of turning them into lower quality items that wind up being sent to landfills. 
As always, you can find links to each study I've discussed this week in the show notes. And please check out the Leaps.org magazine online, where you can learn about the latest and most important challenges and developments in science. Such as this week, an article about the rise of sexually transmitted infections, just in the past year, and a new drug that could stop them. Overall, the Leaps.org platform looks at innovations through the lens of rational optimism. You can find out what to be concerned about, but we also tell you which scientific breakthroughs are giving reason for excitement. Thanks for listening to the Friday Five, and have a great weekend.